0: of 107.9 FM I'm Janet it's nice to meet you and today we have a wonderful guest for you guys so you might have heard his name in our last interview with uh, Rude Girl with her track like wow now we have her other band member Chris Constantino on and he's done some amazing work he's been part of adam and the ants he's done he's worked with delir mendy he's worked with anyone you can probably think of and uh, now we get him on our line so hello chris hi there hi, hi how are
1: you yeah i'm all right i'm good yeah yeah how do you
0: pronounce how do you pronounce taylor's name delir
1: delir yeah Actually,
0: i always get it wrong because i kind of like when i'm in
1: india and i go oh Dela. Dela mendy and they kind of go Ah, oh, I can't <laughs> pronounce it properly.
0: But uh, that is—it's very much you say it how it's spelled. Dala. Uh, yeah, Dala. Dala. Yeah, that's it. Dala. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yes.
1: So yeah, how you doing?
0: I'm okay, thank you. How's your day been? What's been happening with you? Well, with uh,
1: circuit training. It's nice. Uh, uh, got very muddy, and um, and then I just sitting in my studio I have like a lot of like I'm transferring I've a load of cassettes and dates, so I'm transferring a lot of projects Um, I did a project with uh, Annabella Lewin who was in Barrow Wow very
0: nice and 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 so we're gonna put out an album of all these tracks that have not been released yet so
1: I'm having to transfer them from cassette and dat and and it's like hundreds I mean hundreds of cassettes Mm -hmm. so that is something to do over christmas i got that
0: to do
1: and then um um, me and Blue girl are writing new tracks um for a universal project um in january so yeah a lot to do really so it's it's fun it's good
0: (laughs) yeah i guess i guess you've been busy during lockdown then by the sounds of it
1: yeah we would like really sort of you know um We've just been writing lots of stuff, and um, you know we have you know, so much going on. So we're kind of like, we're really sort of hungry to write new stuff now. So we've um, we've got all sorts of plans for stuff coming out. We've got another release in January. I don't know if we've told you about that. Uh, we've got brand new Cadillac coming out on Cleopatra in January as well.
0: Very nice.
1: So yeah, so we've got that. Um, but really, just sort of getting creative, and your yeah, lockdown has been a really good time to write and be creative.
0: I think it's been a really, really nice break for everyone because mm. there's the general everyday life that I think we all got stuck with, and then mm. now it's just like everyone take a break or and start panicking kind of thing. <laughs> um, but now it's been it's been really good to hear from artists and. Uh, people who have taken massive career changes during this time as well so mm. sounds fantastic okay so Chris um, how about you introduce yourselves to our listeners
1: uh, yeah well I'm, my name is Chris Constantino uh, when I was with um, Adamant, he decided to change my name to Chris De Niro because one day I shaved all my hair off uh, before we were doing top of, top of the Pots and I was extremely thin and and um, he said I looked like Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver at the time, so which I'd never seen. So I said, OK, yeah, fine, change my name to Chris De Niro. So uh, that's what I was called when I was in the Louvre Rock period, you know, without a man. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, some of the So <laughs> you can take your pick, Chris <laughs> Constantino or Chris De Niro, whatever you want. Really.
0: Right okay that's fantastic so um let's talk about how you got involved in music then so um how did you get involved in music what kind of started everything off and how did you get to be in adam and the ants right
1: um well um i started off um getting into like really uh, really I, I grew up in quite a racist and and um there was a lot of you know skinheads and a lot of violence and stuff like that and um it was like really an escape from that so um you know so when I found music I just sort of found this was something that I could escape away from all of that all the gangs and everything else and um and it was just like my life you know just started so um, you know just sort of playing music in local bands and um you know I started earning money from it quite soon
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: while I was still living at my mum's place and um so it was kind of like a really good it's you know it was a good way of getting out of trouble and um I was into sports at school, so it was like from sports, then I got into music and then um I, um I was growing up in Plymouth, I was going to school in plymouth, mm-hmm. and um the the scene there for playing live. You know, he's like any of the weekends and stuff like that, but it was quite limited. Mm-hmm. Although the musicians were great, um, I just sort of realised I had to move to back to London because I was born in London, but I realised I had to move back to London. So um, I said to some friends of mine, you know, we were in my mum's kitchen, and I said, let's just write an album and get in the van and we'll go to London and we'll get a record deal. And... <laughs> <laughs> and that was it really yeah. like, I said we'll leave tomorrow so we write the album you know today that's nice. so, yeah so we were in the, my mum's kitchen and, uh, and so I said we'll leave, I'll pick you up tomorrow sort of thing and then <laughs> we wrote the album um, This is in this band called Drill uh-huh. and then um, we got in my big blue van and then we I went to pick up the drummer he wouldn't get out of bed so we left him behind and um, and then the rest of us went up in the van and we parked in uh, City Road, which is where I bought a flat eventually actually.
2: Oh, wow.
1: In, yeah, in North London, so we parked in a, a parking lot opposite that and got sort of window cleaning jobs uh, the next day. Mm-hmm. And then got enough money to get rent to live somewhere. And then um, I was walking up Carnaby Street one day and um, I just saw this like a uh, Trax record
2: office Mm -hmm.
1: and I walked in and I had a demo cassette and the guys out there, you know, they were surrounded by boxes of LPs and cassettes. I said, what do you want? I said, well, I want a record deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were two guys in suits, it was like a stereotype sort of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, they said, okay, have you got a cassette? Yeah, got a cassette. They listened to it. I said, yeah, it's great. And so we got signed to Ebony, which was a subsidiary of RCA Records at the time, and um, Fleetwood Mac on that, as well as The Adverts, another punk band called The, ad- the Adverts. So, so that was the beginning of it, really. So yeah, it was, and then we got Chas Chandler from, you know, he produced Jimi Hendrix and managed Jimi Hendrix, ended up going into his studio and started recording stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, no, it was really sort of quite, you know, it, it was weird how mm-hmm. it all just happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so quickly
0: yeah um, I mean, it sounds like you proper grafted which is amazing to hear mm. because oh, yeah. I think these days everyone's very um, oh no we can't do this we can't do that so I'm presuming yeah. you had those doubts as well right um, I kind of
1: not really I was really sort of driven you mm-hmm. know, by this sort of you know, coming from a sort of Mixed up cultural background. I didn't know if I was English, I didn't know if I was Greek, and you know, I was very confused.
2: And, mm-hmm.
1: and I think that drove me quite a lot to f- try and find an identity, and the music was the identity. And mm-hmm. I knew that, that that would you know eventually give me some sort of international passport mm-hmm. and you know, some sort of freedom. So I was really driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never had any doubts at all, really. Um you know, very uh, annoyingly
0: positive. That's really good. That's really good. Was there... How did the family take it when you were like, "Mom, I'm doing music? Like, <laughs> um,
1: kind of, like, always very, you know, I mean, even, like, you know, when I joined At A Man, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that was sort of... to entire straight. Mm-hmm. place I went there, his manager turned up, they gave me all the cash, and that was it, that was the sort of beginning of it, and uh, to answer your question, how my parents took it, um, well, um, it was weird, really, I mean, you know, we'd sort of, on the TV, on top of the pucks and all that sort of stuff, and my dad used to shake his head, you know, because okay. <laughs> we were wearing makeup, it was very sort of, you know... Greeks, sort or of, mm. you know, I think he was proud, but you know, he wouldn't
0: show it, of course not. Yeah,
1: and, and he just used to shake his head and said, It won't last, you he should have he been a doctor. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: are you sure you were Desi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it was like really funny. And then my mum was like, She was obviously proud, but you know, my dad was very uh dismissive of it, but you know, laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just makes it's just a bit of a. But there again, that's fun. that was fine. It didn't really bother me. I didn't, you know. And it was, most of my friends used to make fun of me as well. You know, when it used to, it used to come on the television it was just it was funny. Yeah, it was a, it was a funny thing, that's, <laughs> you
0: know? that's really cool because it's just nice to hear. It was. It sounds like some dodgy drug deal, right? Like, <laughs> like oh yeah, meet me, meet, meet me in the park, and then you have a massive stack of money, and you're going internationally traveling. It sounds really cool, though. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, you've done a lot of punk rock because that's your vibe. Uh, what kind of got you into punk rock? Why punk rock?
1: Um, I wasn't really into punk rock. Okay. Really. I was kind of like I was playing a lot of roots music. I was more sort of into Scar, Radio um country blues, mm-hmm. um Afro Cuban stuff and and then I you know, that was kinda like my roots and stuff and then I was um just started playing this sort of punk stuff and with the guys and there was no sort of plan, it was just the way it turned out and um you know, we were we were good but a lot of the stuff we played was rubbish really (laughs) like when I listen back on it now some of the stuff like you know some of the tracks are rubbish you know but uh, we played them well we played the rubbish well
0: (laughs) it's It's positive Uh, yeah
1: it was was a good learning process I mean I was playing in a lot of bands I was playing like you know we were sort of you know when i when I first started out, you know, I had no money, at all so I was sort of like sleep you know mm-hmm. sleeping in the van, cleaning toilets, cleaning windows, and then going to the rehearsals, and then doing gigs in the evening like two gigs a night, you know sort mm-hmm. of it was it was quite a sort of fun period I mean, actually it was awful, but it was actually quite a fun period yeah. um and I don't know how we ended up punk, but we ended up sort of a lot of punk bands, mm-hmm. um, and then touring with Slade. Um, and Slade were, you know, they're, quite, they're not really they're not a punk band, but they're a you know a rock and roll band. Yeah. We supported them, and then we supported Aswad and lots, you know, lots of reggae bands and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a crossover. Um, and then yeah, and then sort of, then it was the Adamant thing, maybe. But punk, I wasn't really into punk. Uh-huh. I'm still not into punk, really. I like I like rootsy sort of stuff. I used to like a lot of the American punks. I mean, I know the British punks will not like me saying that, but <laughs> I used to <laughs> I used to like a lot of the you know sort of Talking Heads and I mean they were a new wave, really. But yeah. you know, I like the Clash.
0: Mm-hmm. I really
1: like the Clash. Um, but yeah,
0: they're still solid bands, though. Very solid bands. Uh, yeah. Uh okay so okay you a lot of your work was punk so then how on earth did you and Delay Mandy become a thing
1: um we were I was playing this band called the Wolfmen okay um, w- which um we had a couple of albums out. and we were pu- I think we were signed to Sony and um the, the the publishers got in touch and said oh we've got this guy you know, this Indian guy, big pop star in India, uh-huh. called Dale Amendi. And And um, he said, um, you know, had you fancy sort of doing some co writes with him? So he said, yeah, why not? Uh-huh. And um, so he sent over um, just some vocal and basic sort of drum beat stuff, you know, some basic things. And then we went to the studio and we brought up his vocal and we jammed. His vocal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like that track Two Eyes, for instance, I think mm-hmm. that was the first one we did. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, if you listen to his vocal I and mean, they got the, the original, that mm-hmm. we got sent. We just jammed these chords and a whole groove to it, and then we put in a little bit of the Indian drums um, and his vocal, and mm-hmm. it just worked. It sounded, you know, it was like amazing. And then we, we did the whole album, whole album with him, and um. Bobby Friction heard it and freaked
2: out. Yeah.
1: And, and he sort of like said, oh, you know, and he played it. I mean, to be honest, we didn't even know what was going on. It was just, he was started playing it and then someone said, oh, your song's number one in the Asian
0: That's nuts. In
1: the Asian charts. And it, it was stayed at number one for ages.
0: Wow. That's actually yeah. nuts. Okay, how was it working with Dylan Mendy? Because I saw, I got sent through some like behind the scenes type footage, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. So how was it working with him?
1: Well, I mean, a lot of it was done sort of initially via sort of tra- uh, transfer, mm-hmm. and then he came. We were we were in Wandsworth, and he came to Wandsworth. So the first time I met him was when he came down to the studio in Wandsworth, and I was sitting outside, and I think it was June or July, maybe, and I was sitting outside the studio, and, and I kind of looked across, and I saw it was like a sort of a day game sort of thing and I saw like this sort of it's like a mirage or something uh-huh. and there's this Indian guy with his entourage sort of walking you know very regal uh-huh. sort of walking towards us and I was like wow <laughs> it's like <laughs> amazing and and uh, so yeah no yes yeah, such presence uh-huh. and such you know such a really really great guy and um yeah, no, it was it was amazing. So that we had he came in and then um he sat there, he didn't say much to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um and then he just said he went like that on his on his um you know, on his thighs and mm-hmm. said, Okay, I sing now. Okay. So he, he, yeah, and he got up and he just you know, when he was feeling it mm-hmm. and he got in and it's was, it was like, Wow <laughs> was just Incredible And we were just playing away. And okay. then he came out and said, right, now we eat. So we, uh, we went out and we had this massive Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. think it's kind of like, in the, there's this place in Wandsworth and it looks like it should be in a Tarantino movie. <laughs> um, and it was just us with like a feast of all this food.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that was my first experience of him, meeting him, and then I met him quite a few times in India. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to India to record in Mumbai. Um, uh, or Bombay, whichever one you prefer. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, we went there, and that was quite a trip. That mm-hmm. was in the rainy season.
0: Oh, you went in monsoon, out. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, was How,
0: like, I didn't realise you travelled to India. How was India? Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, no, yeah. And I got so much great footage of... I really want to put it together, you know, it's like a whole, the making of the album, because I have so much good footage from America, and we kept, like, a... A video diary like day one and you know inter- you know i was interviewing everyone
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i have it all but i don't you know have any editing skills and you know i think it's quite a big job for an editor to do yeah so if there's any good video editors that want to have a go let me know <laughs> yeah um, thousand yeah no it, it was it was really it was so good and we got to there was a studio in mumbai um and it was, you know, one of the main studios and we got there and our equipment hadn't arrived. And, <gasps> you know, uh, as, soon as, yeah, yeah, I mean, as soon as I got to Mumbai airport, I thought, this is chaos. <laughs> and I, and I realised I had to just go with it. Yeah. There was no point in flying. I just thought, you're going to be very unhappy if you start trying to make things work. Uh-huh. Like clockwork, which is not going to happen. So I just sat down and realized that, so I just went with the flow, so electricity goes, so what you know oh we're stuck the, you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: the uh, took we down we're stuck in six foot rain or something, you know
2: yeah, that's
1: the way it is you know
2: yeah,
1: and so and then we ended up in the studio and um it was it was just so the whole the whole you know the, to me it's it was like a sensational, you know. My sensations were just completely blown away by India. Mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it as soon as I, I went there. I've been so many times since.
0: Wow, it's um, amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I, to me it's like my spiritual home. You know, I just love it. Oh, I just that's really nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, okay, so you've collabed and you've worked with so many artists. Um, so. Who has been your favourite person to collab with so far? I
1: would say Rude Girl. Yeah? Um, And Rats Gavings. I would say, you know, I mean, you know, Rude Girl because we're so quick. Uh And it's like, there's no, I mean, basically we get together, it's just, Complete sort of we just write something really quickly, mm-hmm. and we record it, and it, there's energy
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: and you know, Riga would take does one take at you know, there's no messing around. It's like you know it's like, oh, you've got any lyrics for this. She goes, well, just give me a couple of minutes uh-huh. and she's honestly, genius, and she you know she starts sort of just comes out with this you know writing this stuff like in a couple of minutes, we do a take, mm-hmm. we look at each other that's it yeah. that's nuts <laughs> you know, really she's so I mean she's so brilliant I'm uh-huh. honestly brilliant so um, I love working with a girl um, and Ratskabings I love working with oh. um, because he's such a brilliant drummer and I'm hoping that Rat will play with you know with girl and me
0: uh-huh.
1: live when, we go, when, when we're allowed to play live again that's so, so
0: cool is there yeah. anyone you still want to work with that again. Is there anyone you still want to work with, like your your anyone who you um, seriously want to collab with?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Well, there's a guy I I really love, Rajasthani folk music. Okay. And um, there's a guy called Swar- Swarup Khan,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've done some work with him, and I'd like to like to do some more. I have done quite a lot of work in India with different artists and so, you know, Nepal and mm-hmm. other places, but I'd like to work I'd like to do some more stuff with Dayla Mendy
2: uh-huh.
1: um, and we've talked about it forever, you know, I've been over to see him but we've never got round to doing it
2: uh-huh.
1: yeah, but I'd love to do some more work with Dayla and I, I I'd love to do mm-hmm. some collaborations with. We have, we have written some stuff together, mm-hmm. but it's not finished yet and I'd, I'd love to do that with Rude Girls so we can mix it all up
0: Oh, that'd be um, so cool! I like, I yeah. like it how you've done it. So I know at the time it was a massive shock, as in, punk meets bhangra, and now it, it's like now it's, now I know it in the Pakistani market anyway, yeah, that um, Pakistani rock is massive right now, and really? your wow. in, your influences are kind of. So the, those guys are essentially influenced by your kind of music, which is really cool. Incredible. So the newer Pakistani bands and Pakistani artists, the yeah. the vibe works so well, um, and I think you'd enjoy it quite a bit. I know in India the hip hop scene is massive there at present. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean that would be perfect—a mixture of rude girl, bhangra, and punk. That'd be fantastic. Oh,
1: my God, <laughs> honestly, it, it's. I've been talking to Girl about it. I, I really want to do it, and mm-hmm. it's a, just a case. now's the perfect time. So, if you've got any suggestions, please
0: send them over. I will you know, do. Artists. No yeah. worries. I will. Um, okay. So um, your life is essentially music. So, yeah. what would you be doing now if it wasn't for music?
1: Um, I think I would have been a sports. I would have done something in sports, mm-hmm. and then I guess you would have to finish quite soon, wouldn't you, so I don't know, I mean, I guess that, you know, that life's kind of limited, so I don't know what I would have done, I think I would have gone into professional sports of some sort, uh-huh.
2: um,
1: and then, I don't know, it's kind of like weird, I was attracted to... You know, business kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I was thinking, oh, should I go into this? And uh, you know, at some point there was this choice that I could make
2: mm-hmm.
1: of going into more of a business side of things. And mm-hmm. I just thought, then well, that's going to take me away from music, so I didn't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't think I would have been a doctor anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <John. laughs> you'd you'd still be a disappointment. It's okay. We understand. <laughs> yeah. I <know>. so, uh, <laughs> You'd probably yeah. be that businessman with the spiky hair and the yeah. piercings. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Like, all
1: those sort of. Yeah, oh my god. Imagine, yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, quite so. Funny. So, for you, how much has the music industry changed from Adam and the Ants to now?
1: Um, I would say that, you know, really, you know, like, you know, with the record company meetings that I have now you know, on, at the moment, on Zoom or, you know, like when you know, when you can meet and have them. Um I would say it's still pretty much spinal tap for me. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen spinal tap, but yeah. you know, it's just funny. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I see it all as funny and fun. Mm-hmm.
2: Um
1: and, you know, I never take it that seriously. So I would say it's pretty much the same. There's all the same characters, you know, there's the dodgy Characters everywhere, yeah. It's yeah, like someone just completely, you know, talking a load of rubbish, <laughs> <and> saying <laughs> stuff, and then there's the guy that's promising me this and promising that, and there's the, the sort of, you know, the PR guys. It's just the same, really. I think it's the same, um, uh-huh. except, you know, the digital thing is so great now that you can just release stuff so quickly, mm-hmm. um, and you make videos for nothing, yeah, as opposed to having to spend loads of money and, you know, ridiculous amounts of time on video shoots. Um, you can make records now quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you just write, instead of sort of planning a,
2: mm-hmm. a
1: demo session in the studio, and then, oh, the demo sounds good, right, but you're booked into the, the main studio to make do the main recording, and it doesn't sound as good as the demo. What are you going to do? Uh-huh. That doesn't happen anymore, because you sort of, as you're laying stuff, now, like in Pro Tools or whatever you record on, mm-hmm. it just, that's the thing, isn't it? So it's like the demo becomes the master, you know, whatever no, definitely. the thing that you're writing. So it's fan- it's fantastic. I think it's really good. I mean, I I do think it's a great period for musicians, mm-hmm. um, and I know it's really hard, you know, um, for you know, artists that, you know, were earning money from live, it's a difficult period, but um, yeah, I think I think it's good, and you know, I think it. For me, it's changed quite a lot from that point of view. But the main characters mm-hmm. are still the same,
2: mm-hmm. like the the
1: music biz characters.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: where, whereas they, they used to, I used to feel intimidated. I now find it funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, it's good, but it's good. Um, I guess it works for you because. A lot. It sounds like all of your stuff is literally done in under an hour. Like it's so you've yeah. written a whole album in on in one night. You've your Rude Girl album. I think she only had ten minutes to, or yeah, we, the like. Wild yeah. track was ten minutes, and she had to catch a train. <laughs> um, genuinely, yeah. I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. <laughs> it's, just,
1: it's, it an just, an old, it's an odd thing. I have no idea either. But you know, it's kind of like. It, I do, I do find it odd, you know, because I, I don't listen to stuff that I've done, mm-hmm. and then you know, if I've done an interview, then I listen to it, and um, I think, oh my god, I didn't realize, you know, how good that like, like stuff, like with the daily stuff, when I listen to it, I go, it really still blows me away.
0: Yeah, that's bad. I think, I think and sometimes, an, as an artist, you don't appreciate your own work until later on. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's sure. good. It's good to hear that even even you have the same, same, issue. I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what's the best advice you've been given in your career?
1: What's the best advice I've been given? Yeah. Um. Mm, what's the best advice I've been given? Is uh, not to think too much. Not to think too much uh, when you're playing um, and so you have fun with it Um, and not do take after take you know not to just keep playing take after take but um, I was with this guy and he said to me just Chris he said you know your first take is your best take Mm -hmm. you don't need to do like loads of takes and I didn't believe him Mm -hmm. and then I now realise that actually my first take was second take is my best so wow. i would say not to worry too much and just have some fun with it and it's my the advice i was given uh, and my advice to anyone out there now is, is is to have fun and not not sort of take it too seriously and not stress about it you know um obviously you know it's a lot of hard work but that's just that's fun mm-hmm. that's the fun bit you know um so yeah, I don't think I was given any other good, good bits of advice. Yeah. Um, everything else I just learned
0: on the road, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Nah, no, it's really um, cool, man. I like how I like how your vibe is very much like cool. We'll just deal with it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> which it's it's nice. It's really nice. Okay, so we are on the last couple of questions. Sure. Um So what? So you've already pretty much answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway. What would you say to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps?
1: um follow my footsteps as in music yeah or oh, in real life um,
0: depending <laughs> uh,
1: in real life i would say don't <laughs> <laughs> in, uh in music i would say um someone who wanted to follow my footsteps uh what would i say to them i would say to them uh don't spend a long a long time like practicing stuff that you're not going to play mm-hmm. um, because I used to spend hours and hours practicing scales, like seven hours, eight hours a day practicing scales and things that I would never use. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people that I talk to now, like who play bass, they say, Oh, yeah, you know, we just listen to James Brown and we'd kind of get the groove, and, or, you know, Bootsy uh, Collins, you know, or uh-huh. anyone, you know, like, um, and I would listen to music I want to play now. That's so the advice I would give not to waste time playing stuff that you're not going to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and also, again, you know, if anyone was going to follow my footsteps, I would say, you know, have fun
0: with it. Yeah. And just don't take it too seriously. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it, that's it, it, really. Yeah. Um, I, it really sounds like instead of you choosing music, music kind of chose you throughout your career because it because it just seems to come so naturally to you uh which is really cool and everything's kind of just been like by chance uh so yeah, yeah it sounds really good okay so this next this last question it's very very morbid so you're gonna have to forgive me um a yeah a bit morbid so if right. so it what would you put on your gravestone uh i
1: was thinking about that the other day actually <laughs> oh wow um yeah I was thinking about that the other day, and I was thinking <laughs> so obviously this 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 is this was a joke but I would put i think i said it was something like disappointed
2: uh,
1: I was disappointed or something it was like something really silly but i know I trying to think why well, what would I put on my team's I don't know um I would put um. I would put probably I had fun. I had some fun, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, you know, um, I can't really
0: think of a good answer at the moment. That's all right. I think so. One of the articles you sent through to me, which I love, this line was "growing old disgracefully." All uh, oh, right, and yeah. I was like, yes, that I I, I resonate with that so well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I sort of it's funny, you know, because you sort of work in, like working with Brugio, it's kind of like such a sort of cross-genre age thing, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, like working with, but it's kind of like, she was very natural, Mm she was pretty much the same, like when I worked with Rat, you know, uh, Rat Scabies, and, you know, we just, we never take things too seriously, you know, it's like, and... You know we can't kind of put things down quickly and three o'clock oh let's go to the pub have mm-hmm. some wine or something you know sort of you never know, sort of um you know I think just have fun and just sort of yeah yeah grow old disgracefully I would suggest. <laughs> It's the best way. Maybe that's what should be on the on the gravestone, yeah. Why don't we put that on? Yeah? Yeah, that sounds a like good a plan. Run. I
0: think you saved me with that. That was a good, good yeah. I think that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. It's okay,
1: anytime.
0: time, no. we put that on? Yeah, I want that on the gravestone, yeah. Alright, uh, so I think it's time to round up the interview, but I don't want to round up this interview at all. Um, so, do you want to give everybody your, your, um, your socials? I guess, and then I'm gonna ask one more question for my own, for my own happiness. What,
2: you,
1: what do you want me to give everyone?
0: Uh, your socials. So, what are you what are you on social media? Oh, right. Yeah,
1: socials. My socials. Right. Um, ChrisConstantino dot com
2: mm-hmm.
1: is my website, and I think you can get all the twitters from that. Instagram, everything's on my website, com. So if you go onto that, every, all the socials will be on there. Mm-hmm. So you can get everything from that, really.
0: Is that, is that good? Yeah, enough? that's perfect. Okay. That's, that's actually perfect. Okay, so now this is my own question because I always find these stories amazing, right? Um, what's your funniest story or which story stays with you till this day in your music career? <laughs>
1: It's is kind of like funny but dark. Okay, um,
0: we like dark. I love dark. Okay. Yeah, and,
1: and, and it's not... And the person who it's about would also find it quite funny as well. Okay. Um, so it's not sort of like, you know, anything. Um, but a friend of mine was... Um, actually, I don't know if I can say this, but I can't... It's too much. Okay, that's... <laughs> 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 when,
0: when we're off air, I definitely need to hear it
1: okay no it's quite it's quite sort of um well when i was playing with a man mm-hmm. um i guess i'm gonna change it now <laughs> what i was gonna really say not, not good is it but uh, i just made up something else um, yeah we were, we were playing in um we were playing in uh where was it um new mexico uh-huh. and um there was a party, and um, we, you know, after the after the gig, was, you know, we would always have party in that hotel. So there was a massive, great party happening, and I was kind of feeling a little bit. Oh, I'm sick of this. So I kind of I went up on out onto the roof,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there was this girl just sitting there on the edge of the, you know the top, very high building, and I kind of thought, oh, this doesn't look good, <laughs> and she was just sort of dangling her legs over the top and, and she's smoking a cigarette and I, I just sort of, I was very careful I walked out to her and just sort of said, you know, oh hi, I'm doing sort of thing mm-hmm. and um, sort of got chatting with her and uh, I said, you know, maybe you just want to come for a drink and not sort of sit there sort of thing mm-hmm. and she, she started telling me about her family and she was really depressed and she wanted to kill herself and everything and um, anyway, so, eventually agreed to come for a drink and I said look you know I
2: like Mexican food so we went and had a Mexican meal Mm -hmm. and
1: um we got chatting and then she said she didn't want to be alone so she stayed in my room nothing happened I slept on the sofa
2: Mm -hmm. she slept in the bed
1: and then in the morning she was fine and I I thought well you know say goodbye sort of thing and then and like years later I I got you know I got a letter from her um and you know, she sent me a letter saying that she was happy and she got married and everything, and, you know.
0: Oh, that was a nice, nice story. Yeah, that's really that's sweet. Surprise. Of course. Yeah, there, that's but, that's really, really nice. But the other one, I
1: can't tell you. That, that's the one I was going to say is that. <laughs>
0: hey, at, okay. least, at least it was a sweet story. It's good. We like sweet stories. Um, yeah. And I think... I think just talking to someone makes a massive difference, um, especially in today's setting. We um, sure. it, we It kind of made everyone realise how much human interaction, how important human interaction was, even if it was just a hello and do you want to have dinner. Um, something as, sim- as simple as that, really.
1: Yeah, no, you can, I mean, it just definitely is like that now. You sort of meet people and, you know, whereas normally you might have a quick exchange and someone might want to talk a bit longer and realise that maybe they're struggling and mm-hmm. so it, instead of rushing off it's like you know chatting about this and chatting about that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite interesting. Yeah it
0: is. No it's really cool. Thank you so much Chris for coming on. Okay. It's been a wonderful Thanks. interview and I'm actually really really honoured. Um, so yeah thank you so much Chris.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm honored. Be on it as well. Thank you.
0: Thank
1: you. Thank you, Janet. All right. All right,
0: take care. Yeah, have a great day. All right. Bye. So that was Chris Constantino. If you want to go check Chris out, then all you have to do is go on to chrisconstantino.com and all of his social media links will be there. For now, I've been Janet. Take care and have a wonderful, wonderful day.